you think you've heard it all? You haven't. Peace Love Podcast brings you more OMG, wait, what moments? My life has been so dramatic and traumatic. I take a humorous look at it, and each week we will discuss with fun and laughter, full-out mental health. I go there. I talk about being flawed and fabulous. So guys, let's get fabulous. Hey everybody, welcome to Peace Love Podcast inside Peace Love Podcast Studios, which I love saying, kind of obsessed with saying it. This is probably my um, 700th take. I am. I get so nervous before I do this. Once I get going, I'm great. It's just the introduction and hi, how are you, what episode we're on. Anyway, I have not done this um, through video except one time prior to this. And I'm not sure exactly why. I know my vanity has caused my insanity, but that was a long time ago. But anyway, I realized how much more enjoyable it is doing a podcast with looking at myself or a guest, which a lot of good things are coming up. And it's just so cool. The last episode I did was kind of morbid. My psychiatrist had fired me, broke up with me. After seven years, I was with her, my family, we paid out of pocket, maybe close to $20,000, and out of left field, I get a letter with her firing me. So I'm used to betrayal. My family betrayed me, my own mother, father since birth, basically. My blood cells have betrayed me. Now my psychiatrist, which I don't want it to scare anybody off from reaching out, But um, this was obviously um, the universe giving me a huge redirection saying, she is not for you, no mas, Dr. Drucker. Mm -mm." And my therapy actually was tainted because of many things, and I think I talked about that in my last episode. But here I am on a new one, um, season two, episode 15, what is mental health? Lately, we have heard in the news and everywhere, mental health, mental health, mental illness, it's across the board. And people say all the time, okay, well, some people, some people are aware of their mental health and the conditions they have. Some people are just now experiencing things. Some people have been used to it forever. But children are going back to school now, and a lot of students, there's... um, too many suicides, I guess, for kids. The um, I'm going to say about 50% have seriously contemplated suicide, and that is that has to come to a stop. These children, the entire world needs, we all need to learn to love ourselves. And what puts a lot of these kids, um, I'm just speaking from experience, I'm not talking about anybody specifically, but it's fake fake, 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 what you're looking at on social media, and this is just from me talking to a few girls that are in college, they're freshmen, and they told me, well, they see this girl doing that, and this girl has this, and I said, stop, 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 it's fake. It's their highlight reel versus your true inner feelings. So I guarantee you that what you're feeling, everybody else is also. They're just not posting it. Just because somebody has a great car, a great new hairdo, a great house, 
that superficial stuff, what's true happiness is what's on the inside. It is not material things. And once everybody can learn to love themselves and be at peace, may not be perfect or where you want to be, but when you surrender to the universe and sometimes a no is completely rerouting you in a different path that it's protection. It took a long time for me to surrender like this. It's, um, uh, gosh, um, I just surrendered to the universe. I forgot the name of it. But what is mental health? My title of this, mental health, it affects our moods. It affects the way we think. It affects the way we feel, the way we have relationships. I have said before, um, I am not a doctor, obviously. I am just somebody who has lived a lifetime. I didn't find out until I was 47 years old that I had anything wrong with me, which was a host of disorders. Sometimes um, you might have heard ADHD, OCD, borderline eating disorders, um, bipolar. Those are conditions of our mental health. I, at 47, found out I had a handful of those. I'm able to live and um, uh, thrive daily with that, and I understand how to live with um, and be have it manageable. But for 47 years, I was a chicken without a head all over the place, and I understand now why. So my um, job on this podcast today is for parents, family, whomever, to watch out for what your kids are going through. The emotions for a typical teenager is across the board and over the top of right now with COVID and going back to school and, and their nerves and in-person and not in-person, masks, not masks. It, it could drive anybody to, um, to lose their shit basically. But I want to prevent people from having to lose it and to go through life thinking they're damaged, they're worthless, they're not good enough, they're not acceptable. So many people, they look at me with a confused look on my on their face when I say, why do you care what they think? Who are they? Why do you care that such and such saw you looking like a mess or not all made up? Or why do you care if they know that you have this particular car or not? It's your ego. When you start thinking with your soul and not your ego, you are just, there's no disappointments and you're living pure authenticity. And the, the disorders I mentioned, the OCD, the ADHD, with medication, for me, not for everybody else, it became manageable. For my children, I could not, I don't know how my daughter even lived prior to being 16 without her medication. And my son, he thought he could go off his medication, made that choice without telling me. Mm -hmm. If you're a parent, I know, just choosing not to take his medication, but realized how much he needs it. Um, he takes medication for his ADHD. He has um, a lot of facial tics, and it just completely stops it. So medication for the right diagnosis can help. If you're living in any sort of uncomfortable way, you shouldn't have to. Why? Because we're afraid of the stigma, like that word. It's so annoying, like stigma shame. Like who right now, if you could tell me you have never felt an emotion of sadness or anger or whatever, you're robotic and that would be human. I just don't want you to let it go past the two weeks where you start losing interest in things you used to do and becoming that hibernated, depressed, slobbering ball of tears that I was 
on my bathroom floor. And I was looked at with shame. I was called, like, get the F up. What's wrong with you? It was hmm, healing <laughs> through childhood trauma. And I challenge anybody, anybody, this is my book, True to Myself. It's not a book on bath salts. It's not a book, I said that before. I don't know why I used an example. It's not a book on eyelash extensions. It's a book of probably the most resilient, strongest person you've ever read, heard of me. Mundane life circumstances were never given to me. Parents, when you have a baby, um, my biological father left. I'm not saying this with anger or anything, just giving you background. Um, he left when I was four months old to go out for a pack of cigarettes, never came back. My mother tried to um, die of suicide and she was put into a hospital. And the rest is history in my book on. I, gosh, mundane things, going to high school. Um, I talk about in one week when I was 17, my mother left me on an interstate the way it was done, ripped from my car. And then a few days later, I went to my grandmother's funeral and I got thrown out of that funeral. There's no reason for it, just a mean, bullying man taking his anger out on me and I had no home to go to. So I had to go knock on people's doors, basically, and ask for survival. That was just one week when I was 17. Um, it goes on and on. Whatever, and I, and I say this a lot, and I will probably say this till I am blue in the face, whatever you have gone through, it doesn't matter your circumstance. I have felt it. I have lived it. I have a way of letting people know that I would never minimize what you consider trauma. Because if you miss your yoga class, that could be very traumatizing. Um, but when you hear what I have overcome, it's a miracle. And I say that sometimes when I look at myself, like how the F am I alive? It just blows my mind. So when I wrote my book pre-COVID, I wrote it two years ago, right now actually, this time two years ago, and I opened up with full vulnerability, full vulnerability, everything about my life, the affair I had, my childhood growing up, only being loved if you were thin. And I'm not just saying that, oh, it's an assumption. I truly was not accepted. Um, trying to find a home when my daughter was three. I mean, it's just, it goes on and on. It's a, I am a human trilogy. It's just, you know what I'm like? Like that circular ride in Disney World, like the one, um, oh, what was the name of it? When the years got older and now is the time, now is the place, the carousel of progress. I don't think it's there anymore, but I am just like a continual circle of stuff. Like who's psychiatrist fires them. It's, it's, I keep saying it because it's just the most unheard of thing. It wasn't an even Marcus bill and I went over my credit limit. It was me trying to get mental health that I have paid for. And this woman was going back to 2020, 2019 when, oh, when I wanted to die or not live at that moment, when I found out I had leukemia, I'm sorry that I canceled at the last minute. So reaching out and I preach finding somebody to speak to, but also somebody you can trust. And when it comes to your children, parents, teenage stuff, a lot of it, yes, is typical teenage behavior. But right now, more than ever, it's so important to pay attention to warning signs. If you see something, there is nothing wrong if you're wrong. There's nothing wrong if you're wrong. If something just go with your gut, 
if you're a caregiver, a parent, somebody, if you see somebody hurting and really in distress, reach out to them. You never, the worst somebody could do is say, I'm fine. Um, asking somebody if they are suicidal is not going to make somebody suicidal. There could be uh, warning signs. They could start talking about being, um, not wanting to be here, wanting, starting to give away their things, being in their room longer than they have to, hanging out with children that is different, maybe their grades are falling. The most important thing that I'd say that worked for me and seems to work across the board is communication and with compassion and also comprehend what you are saying to whomever your family, to your children, parents, if your kids want to express themselves, no matter how, if they want to, and I use the most outrageous example sometimes, if they want to wear yellow frizzy hair down to their knees every day on, with a wig to school, and if that makes them feel good, let them be who they are. If you want your children to take business class, you want them to be a lawyer, but they prefer photography because they're in the arts, please don't deprive your children from doing what makes them happy. They need to stay true to themselves. And, you know, again, I have a 16-year-old son and a 21-year-old daughter, and I started to pay attention to things that were typical and not typical. I'll never say normal because there's no such thing as normal. So I, my daughter, and she's going to come on here. So Taylor, I'm so sorry for using this example, but we are going to talk about it. I noticed when I've been with my daughter, she has been all over the place. Like, I'm here, here, anxiety, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I'm like, Tay, chill chill and I realized a lot of the symptoms Taylor was feeling was her PTSD watching her mother it's a domino effect wanting saying I want to die her driving in a thunderstorm from Gainesville to come help me Taylor getting on a plane on Spirit Airlines squished between people leaving DC a year ago from when I just I felt like I did not want to be here and in that moment, I said this before, it's like a top spin, 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 or a dreidel, or whatever you want. When you're in that moment, everything is not clear. And when the, when the spinning stops, then it's just, oh my God, what did I just do? And what broke my heart recently, and I had to cope and learn and day by day heal, when I was with my son for the past two weeks, he's like, grown up. You were just 13. You were just going for growth hormones. And I was driving you to school. And the depression that I had, I lost years with my children. And then recovering. I mean, you can't get these moments back. I'll never be able to say, time, can I have a do-over? I know I need to go back to 12-year-old Noah. That doesn't work. So when I preach to live in the moment, little things that you don't realize will become memories. And if it's out of our control, if it's out of your control, the weather, an email that you want to get, whatever it is out of your control, you have two choices. You could let it destroy you and bitch about it, or you could just go on with life and realize everything has a way of figuring itself out. I know that my physical health and mental health are connected. I believe my years of trauma, 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 trauma. I am human textbook trauma, textbook my mother, narcissistic mother, it's all there. I am textbook everything and internalizing it for my entire life, I believe, gave me leukemia. 
I don't, I say it because I'm in denial. I live in this land of denial. But I never realized when people tell me, oh, you're so brave, you're so brave for talking about everything. And I just shrug it off like bravery was surviving. But as I watch the news or different um, news media outlets or, or internet stories, most people do not talk fluent mental health like I do. Like I talk about mental health like the weather. I meet people. I'm like, okay, if I'm rambling, that's my social anxiety right now. I don't know what's going to happen. So my, that's what it is. When you have triggers, and my ex-husband hates that word trigger, but it's true. When you have triggers, they don't come back as a memory. It comes back as an emotion. So when somebody... Um, doesn't call me back, not today, but it used to happen. If you didn't call me back, it was so severe. Like, what did I do? Are they never going to speak to me again? And that, up until today, I don't have, I don't know how to have proper relationships. I have a bazillion friends, of course, but those healthy, healthy, um, close relationships. I have a very hard time trusting. I don't like to get close to people. And I am learning every day how to reach out and how to have those girlfriends. And so many people reach out to me and I feel like I'm such a bitch and I'm not, but I don't know how to take compliments. It's like, thank you for saying how pretty, but my whole life I have been told um, that I was, you know, um, worthless. You have to look this way and your hair extensions look gross. And it's, um, it's been very debilitating learning to love myself. And it turns out all you have is you. You're comparing. If you are, please, please stop. Because what you think you see, like my daughter posted for Thanksgiving a few years ago, um, we're in Vail, peace, and it looked fabulous, right? No. I was on the side of the road in snow begging to die. The police came. It was the most horrible, one of the most horrible moments and life experiences I think my entire family ever witnessed. I didn't realize what a trigger it was. And it's crazy because my book was finished Thanksgiving 2019. So what has happened between then and now? Oh my gosh, whole, whole other thing. But parents, I'm going to go back to that. Um, it's important. I know I'm all over the place. Yes, I have ADHD. I'm not using that as a joke or it's my ADHD, but... I guess um, when I am nervous, I have every kind of cluster. I have a cluster of disorders, and they all seem to come out full swing when I am doing these lives. Um, I wish I actually had a studio. Maybe if I had somebody here, you know, with a timer or going action or touching up my nose. But I'm sitting here thinking, okay, how do I look? Am I looking bloated? Am I not looking? Am I sweating? Am I not sweating? So all vanities cause my insanity, I know. So back to what I'm talking about, because it is crucial to pay attention to things that may be extreme. There's warning signs. Are they staying in their room longer? Are their drop, grades dropping? Are they skipping school? Are they sleeping more? Weight loss or weight gain? There's Now, there's warning signs and risk factors. Now, if somebody tells you they they're suicidal, you stay with them, you don't leave, you call 911 if somebody reaches out to you. Tell your children if they're feeling anything. It's okay that if they're having stomach aches, if they're nervous, don't dismiss it and say, oh, you'll be fine. No, 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 don't do that. That's what was done to me, and it will, it will destroy you. It destroys your self-worth, yourself, everything. 
as a family, you guys need to communicate and have compassion because if somebody says to you, you know, hey, um, I'm having nerves about going to the school, I, I'm anxious about this test, I don't think I know it, please don't come back with something like, well, you should have studied or go study. Listen, and maybe in, it's the one thing that I became a super mom of is you have to advocate for your child. And it could be something so small as a classroom situation. Uh, there's something, you know, my son has an IEP, an Individualized Education Plan. And what that is, the state, well, I'm in Florida, um, whatever county you live in, they have to give you a um, work according to how my son can um, thrive. It's not a one-stop shop for all 10th graders. His ability is only so much. So he can only learn this way. You get extra time for your tests, homework accommodations. Parents, if you notice your children are having some nerves, reach out to the school, reach out. Don't worry about, oh, I don't want to bother them. Be a bother. Um, and I don't mean that to be a pain in the rear end, but if they, you know, just make the phone calls. I had communication with my son's teachers a few years ago. I had their cell phone numbers and they, I made sure my son was watched over. I, I saw with my son certain warning signs that made me a little bit nervous. It was that hoodie all the time. And he would come home maybe four years ago and he would watch 9-11, um, just the destruction part. He would watch um, Titanic, but just the boat sinking, anything that had to do with trauma. And I noticed the pattern. So this is where we as parents have to pay so much attention. And whether it's typical teenage behavior or not, we as parents, every cat moves their kittens. If they, even if you're wrong, ask, ask your child, are you okay? Start the conversation. Is there anything I could do to make it make you feel better? Is how, how are you feeling? Um, I asked my children, okay, if you don't want to talk about it on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the best, one being the worst. Maybe your children are young and they're making pictures of distressing things and really keep your eyes out. But I know just from my work and the presentations I do with NAMI, and one of the, one really great question I got last week I loved it. She said um, her son was having a lot of anxiety now that he's back in school and he was on a football team and he wasn't thriving and he doesn't want to play football, but he's still, you know, athletic. And I said, I, for my son and for my child, self-competitive things, whether it's um, golf, whether it's running, whether it's swimming, things where you're only competing with yourself which we should do anyway is be the best version that we are. I'm looking at my time so I don't ramble and ramble. Um, if somebody's having a heart attack, for example, there's risk factors if they're overweight, if they're eating fried fruits, if they have um, diet, whatever. You know, there's risk factors. You know, when you have a heart condition. Um, but the warning sign would be the shortness of breath, the, t the clenching of your chest, and then you would call 911. So just because there is a risk factor for somebody that might be suicidal doesn't mean they're warning signs. If you, if your child's telling you they can't focus and you take them to a doctor and hypothetically they have ADHD and whether medication or not works for your child, it could be something as simple as that. 
But early intervention is the best protection with spending your life unhealthy. You want to protect your mind the way we protect our body. You go to play sports, you wear things on your knees. You fall players today, they have helmets to protect their head. We need to protect our insides. And the best way to do that is to love ourselves. You have to love yourself. If you're trying to think that, oh, if he dates me, that'll make me happy. No, it won't. If you think if I have that car, it will make me happy. No, I cried in my car. I have a freaking Jaguar and I just have to cry in it. it. Just That does not make somebody happy. When you love yourself, doesn't mean everything's okay in your life. It means you know everything's going to turn out fine. We've survived so much of our life today. We are here because of choices we made, choices we didn't make. And everybody's yearning to go back to a life that they miss. But think of the rooms that got you there. It wasn't all perfect. You know, there's so much unnecess- unnecessary suffering that goes on, undiagnosed mental health conditions. It, it's nothing wrong. Parents, oh, I don't want my kids going to a shrink or I don't want to be known as having anything. Why? And I'll say that over and over. Why? Who cares? Nobody cares. Right now, if you are feeling anything, um, you want to do it confidentially. Text 741-741, type in NAMI. It's a crisis hotline 24-7. You can get help immediately. You can tech, um, call 1-800-273-TALK. Somebody's there. That's a suicide hotline. If you see something, say something. I, my whole life, went around thinking. I was like, I'm just stupid. I, I used to self-deprecate. Oh I'm, oh, I'm a flake. I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm all over the place. I can't accomplish anything. You know what it was? It was having ADHD my entire life. And getting a diagnosis changed everything. Some things it can change and some things it didn't, but it gave me an answer. And um, it's just, I think, why didn't anybody say anything when I was growing up? And it's like, well, here we are in 2021 and people still don't want to say anything. But when you look, parents, at your children, let them know there's someone, if they want to, if they don't feel comfortable talking to you, to find somebody they could talk to. You parents, there are apps, there are resources. It's not as hard finding somebody to talk to today. It's, it's a whole domino effect with families. It goes round and round. If the mother's not happy, then she can make the father unhappy. Then if the father's not happy, how can you take care of the children? We're not supposed to be happy all the time when it goes over two weeks. Feel your feelings, of course. Go outside, scream, fuck, whatever you have to do on the top of your lungs. Punch it out, dance it out, run it out, whatever you have to do. But please don't stay in that depressive place. You are talking to somebody that has been in that dark hole so many times. I have said it, rock bottom's basement and their basement and their basement and their basement. But I, with every strength I have, pulled myself out of it, and I may not be where I wanted it to be, but I originally did my book, and I wanted to be on this show and that show and promote it here and there and that, and the universe is laughing when to chill out. And looking back, I was never ready to talk about mental health the way I do today and the way I understand my presentations with NAMI. I I became certified in the middle of um, a breakdown. I really was having some sort of, I was having an intense emotional breakdown. 
coming out of my trauma, being on ADHD medication, opened up my eyes to a bubble and a cloud I had been living and protected from. So realizing what I had gone through depressed me so bad, but I don't want anybody having to go there. I think, and I hope that I can have a say in this, everybody needs their mental health check from the minute you go to that first pediatrician appointment. From the minute you are born, happiness, happiness, peace. It's okay not to be okay. It's so okay to say, I'm not okay. Being true to who you are. Do not try to be who will make your parents like you better or feel you'll make somebody more proud if you do this. No, you have to make yourself proud. I can tell you also, again, what you see on social media, it's fake, 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 fake. You would not put on your worst moments. So you're taking, again, I say this and I always go again, part of, I guess, I don't know, um, some part of my anxiety when I go back and watch these one day, I will realize, oh my gosh, I was all over the place. I was having so much anxiety, I'm so nervous. And you know, by being myself the past four or five years, really, really healing, and understanding who I am, the right people have found me, the right opportunities have found me. The, the life that my passion and my purpose, in a million years, I never thought we'd be talking about mental health. I mean, I come from the world of, shh, can't tell anybody this, and shh, don't let anybody know. Probably because years ago, mental health was either you're completely whacked and in a hospital and in a straitjacket, or completely good, which I don't believe anybody's ever been good. There's been PTSD with people who've come back from war since forever and they've dealt with it. And people just now are starting to correlate. Wait, maybe I have a friend who said, maybe my father's alcoholism caused me to behave this way and this way. And you connect all the dots. And I actually cannot believe a half hour just went by so fast. So. David, who um, edits my podcast, is going to be very happy that I need to match record right now because I have so much more to say. Um, if you have not checked out my book, it's on Amazon, True to Myself. I challenge anybody, you name your price. You read this book and you don't tell me you feel better about your life, inspired, and a whole different wow, just this, oh, my alarm. Um, I will name your price. You got it. I challenge a bet made on you. So thank you everybody for listening, for watching. I hope that you stay true to yourself. You never let anybody rain on your parade. Never let anybody burst your bubble. Never let anybody dull your sparkle. And sending so much love and so much peace. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Peace Love Podcast. I hope you learned a little bit, hope you laughed a little bit, and please, if you can, subscribe and leave a review, possibly how amazing this episode was. Remember, stay true to who you are and never, ever let anybody dull your sparkle.